0: Triple M footy lives on listener, thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water.
1: Welcome to Triple M Saturday Scrum.
2: Great to have your company, three hours to share with you, great group of people uh, in this studio to do that job for you. Indigenous round done so beautifully once again by the NRL. I loved South Sydney Strip uh, last night. Uh, all of that is, is ahead of us. Let me let you know who is here. My name's Tony Squires, Ryan Girdler is with me, David Riccio, and I I, I basically have to stand and applaud the arrival in the studio of a man who is in a sling. Oh, well, he's taking the sling off now. But the, the broken thumb is what we're looking at of Brandon Smith. Congratulations on being here. A tough loss uh, and an injury.
3: Time in hospital. Surgery plan. Yet here you sit. Yeah, it's a nice congratulations to get, just showing up to work. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) You're on triple M, mate. uh, It's it's tough, but I
3: I told um, Charlie I was going to be on the show today, so I didn't want to let him down and um, had to show up. The thumb's not actually that sore, just stationary, but if I try to use it, it's pretty sore.
2: He's coming in hot, girds off just one hour of sleep, I think. Is that where you're at? Hour hour? and a half. Hour and and a half. Okay.
3: Just had two caramel latte shots. (laughs) Talk, how, how is the thumb? What's the situation with it? Um, yeah, it's it's not looking too good. I've uh, got to get surgery at some point. Um, hopefully Monday, Tuesday. They don't do surgeries on Sunday. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's roughly eight weeks uh, according to um, our physios. So um, tough pill to swallow, but that's rugby league at the end of the day.
1: It's a significant blow, Brandon. Uh, um, I feel for you, mate. Is that's, that's a lengthy stint on the sideline. One you don't need, one the Roosters don't need. They've got a, a, an increasing casualty ward.
3: The Roosters, um, you must be gutted. Yeah, I'm gutted, but is it really a bad thing? Uh, we haven't been winning with me, so <laughs> hopefully we can do it uh, without me. But I, I sort of look at it as a, a, a massive opportunity for myself, um, probably not being where I want to be at and... I've got six to eight weeks of just focusing on myself, focusing on my body, um, going through a plan on how I can use this to really better myself and um, help, hopefully um, the Roosters in finals contention. Let, we let us involved. ask
4: you that, Brandon. I mean, you know, your form, everyone's form at, at, a, at a club like the Roosters is always under scrutiny for long periods of time. And um, like compared to this time of season at the Melbourne Storm, going into origin and the form that you've been in in the past compared to how you feel like you're playing at the moment? Where does it rate?
3: Um, yeah, this is definitely probably the lowest I've, I've felt in my whole six years. So, not, In what way? Not, not like mentally. Like I feel like I'm <clears throat> you know, still happy and all that. But um, just physically uh, been injured a lot, um, not performing. You know, we get paid to perform. You know, mm. was, um, that's that's our job, but yeah, just it's just a whole different um, kind of feel to when I was there because w- when I was at Melbourne, we didn't have so many penalties and have so many errors and um, everything just compiled. Um, we didn't, yeah, we we were kind of the front runners most most times, but now we're on the back
4: foot and um, we've got to learn to fight from from the back foot. But if you strip that back, if you just strip you know your performance is back like fitness like as fit as you have been previously.
3: Yeah, I think I'm yeah, probably fitter than I was when I was at Melbourne like feeling there but when you go from being a 40 minute lock to a 73 minute hooker, yeah. It's a it's a massive difference and then it's a complete change of role um and I feel like I just got to get get used to it and then when you get put 36 points on you by the oh, by well, the Panthers last week in pretty oh, twenty four in the first half. You're not touching the ball too much and you're yeah. just defending. And you could see the game, like the whole game that we played against Penrith. They just shot off Start the line think We kicked it back to them, we defended, then Nathan Cleary give two repeat sets. Like there's not a lot your fitness can do when you're
4: just tackling the whole time. What about, when you, what about when you've got the ball? How do you feel like your combinations are developing? You've played at Melbourne with the same guys for long periods of time, so the combinations you could always fall back on. How do you feel like the combina- your combinations are with the people around you at the Roosters are?
3: Uh, well, it's not the same position, so I'm not really getting told what to do. But you have of, played
4: a fair bit of dummy half at Melbourne.
3: Not really. <laughs> I played one year there and the combinations were, were great, but I already had those, mm-hmm. I already had those in position. I already knew the guys. I already knew how they played. Right now, I'm I'm still working all of them out, and I'm working. Yep. I felt like we stood. A, I took a real good step in the right direction um, in that se- first half of the second half there against the Dragons. I felt like that was some of the highest quality football that the, the Roosters have played this year, like we mm-hmm. have played this year as a, as a team. Um, we played that sort of power game, and then the the halves stood up when they felt the um, the ruck speed going. But we haven't really had that consistently at all this year. We've we've done it in bits and pieces. But then, again, the same thing happened with the Dragons game. We compiled errors and penalties and brought them back in um, after we sort of looked like we were going to tip them over the edge and take the game away. Mm -hmm. A a couple of weeks ago, I was... uh, I wasn't overly critical,
1: but I I questioned the Roosters' recruitment um, and it was perceived as though I was having a crack at the Roosters signing Brandon Smith. Why would anyone have a crack at that? I wasn't saying that. I was saying I was interested to see how Brandon would fit into the Roosters' structure at dummy half to his point, having played within that Melbourne Storm system. And I I was critical of the fact that – me personally, I, I see Brandon as this this power forward, an absolute wrecking ball, a throwback to yesteryear where he can rip apart a defensive line through his running game. At dummy half, being asked to do that at the Roosters, I questioned how that would unfold. And that's where my uh, criticism a, a couple of weeks ago stemmed from. But... Um, I'm only one opinion, and it, and and it, it may mean it means nothing, right? But Brandon, you you seem I can hear the frustration in your voice about the way you, you you've settled in at that dummy half roll, and you've spoken now about using this time off to really drill down on on what what like do you want to make that dummy half roll your own, or are you
3: ready just to play whatever role the coach wants you to play at the Roosters? No, I want to be the Roosters hooker. Yeah, and. When when I think back to the best season I ever had in my career it was twenty twenty one and that was me playing hooker. But I I had already been well established at the club and I had already had, you know, a lot of time there and knew everything about it. And now I'm just learning. I'm still learning a lot. And um there's still lots to get like still lots to learn. But with you, like you get paid to do that criticism and you get paid to um, give your opinion so it's not like no one takes it oh, I don't think I take it personally like mm. something came out about me talking about Braith that didn't even happen um, some nasty comments I didn't even say that so I don't know what happened there but you get paid to do that and I get paid to perform and I'm not and I've got to think down for six to eight weeks where I can get better and what I can do to be better for the Roosters
4: What about the other parts uh, of of your transition into a a club like the Sydney Roosters? Obviously, the Melbourne Storm, we all hear about you guys a little bit out of sight, out of mind. There's a Sydney media up here, your front and back page. You're also doing a lot of stuff, um, you know, with us and with podcasts and things like that. How have you found the other part of transitioning into a high-profile club like the Roosters? Um, How's that been for you? I think it uh, it
3: wasn't a a shock because everyone told me when I moved to the club that the scrutiny down in Sydney on rugby league is way harsher. And it's it is. I've I now realise, well I already realise, but I now see it. Um in Melbourne, none of this media really gets brought to attention in, in the club. It doesn't we hardly ever make the paper um or even two pages of the, the paper down there. So um yeah, it's tough, but it's it's not like it's got nothing to do with my performance, it's got nothing to do with our team's performance doesn't matter what happens outside of those four walls. You turn up to play and you turn up to perform and you have to do that. And mm. currently I don't think one player in our team is performing at the abilities that they should be, not one. And, and you can't really blame one person for it because we're all in the wrong. But, yeah, we, I think we took, took a step in the right direction. Um, as far as the media goes, that's the media they get. That's their job and, and they're pretty good at it here.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to drill down a bit further on on the game in a minute. Uh, with your six to eight weeks off, a few of the first ones will be spent maybe with Victor Radley. Uh, what's going on, Dave, in terms of the uh, leading with the head charge?
1: Yeah, yeah, unfortunate news again for the Roosters. It, it, it continues to mount as far as potential players on the sideline. As you said, Tone, the Rooster star Victor Radley has been charged with a grade one striking charge by the NRL Match Review Committee this morning, and that is in relation to the headbutt, alleged headbutt, on Blake Laurie, Dragons Ford Blake Laurie, during last night's match. Um, now, he's facing a four-match ban if he attempts to fight this at the judiciary and loses the case, or he can accept the early guilty plea of a three-week match ban, uh, three-week ban. It's um, it's a significant blow once again for Victor. Uh, carryover points play a role in the severity of yep. the three to four weeks, um, and it's a mounting... Uh, it's a mounting issue for Victor. He's, uh, he's, he's temper control and, we, you know, he's been on the show with us and he's spoken yeah. about uh, controlling his emotions.
2: Uh, well, he's changed a whole range of things. You know, he said he can't you know, rush out of the line, do all those things that he was kind of, that were a feature of his game. Yep. He's had to pull back. I mean, you're playing alongside him. He plays with
3: a lot of passion and that kind of edgy energy. Yeah, look, we spoke about it before, but it's about using that, that passion and that aggression in a controlled manner and trying not to lose your temper and trying to use it as an advantage. And um, I know as well as anyone that he's going to be ridiculously um, disappointed about this, but this is the, I guess, problem with, you know, trying to act like that. And um, it's unfortunate for the Roosters, but hopefully it's another learning curve for for Victor. What
2: about Nathan Brown? Was there anything on that, that sort of high shot that was also put no, on report? No other charges no have come charge through from that game. Okay.
1: And, and just backtracking, uh, we know that Thursday night, yep. uh, Jerome Lewai, yes uh, was um, fined $1,800 for his touch on sideline official um, Chris Sutton. There was some speculation that he was he could be – faced. he came under scrutiny, that, that he could be facing a, a potential
2: match ban. We have seen players in the past. Tyson Brazil for a, what seemed like an accidental ta- – that was when there was yep. a crackdown a couple of seasons yeah. ago. I mean, he got a week, I remember. Yeah,
1: there, we've seen players in the past. Sam yeah. Thayday was suspended yep. for a week. Um, uh, Sam McKendry from Penrith was the other player I was thinking of. He was also suspended for a week. So uh, Jerome Luai, fortunate enough, fine, and that should be enough for him to keep pressing towards a New South Wales origin jersey.
2: All right, we'll get to Origin as well. It is an absolute jam-packed show, just running through some of those scores for you. The Panthers over the Broncos, 15-4. So a massive scoreline, but it was a pretty massive statement from the Panthers. That machine just seems to be up and running at the moment. We'll get to that game. The Eels and the Rabbitohs, it's always a big weekend, uh, the Indigenous round for the Rabbitohs team, but uh, the Eels were full of energy and the return of Mitchell Moses, 36-16. to Didn't expect that scoreline at all. And in that other game, which we'll get to next, the Dragons 24, the Roosters 22. Goods. I, I was pretending that it didn't matter to me anymore, results with the, the yeah. Dragons. Just thought, nah, you know, they're losing. It doesn't care. You know what? Yeah. It does matter. The, the yeah. sky's a little bit bluer today. Sorry, Brad.
4: Yeah, I, I can imagine, Tony. <laughs> I, I lived that last 10 minutes with you. Yeah. I think three lead changes. And, the, and and when Tedesco stole that ball no! off... off Surly with about three minutes to go, I could just imagine what happened at your place. Yes, and I and I and I was betting that you didn't actually see <laughs> the try right. on full time because you would have left the building.
2: I left. Luckily, I got in touch with my brother Dave in Newcastle, who's even more tragic than me, and we were talking about how you know wrong the world was when suddenly he went. What? I had to turn it back and <laughs> saw that final uh, moment. Sorry, phenomenal. Brandon. Once again, 24-22, That was <laughs> the result. <laughs> Tony Squires, Ryan Girdle, Dave Riccio, Brandon. (laughs) Brandon Smith with you uh, for the three hours. The Dragons 24, the Roosters 22. Look, we'll get inside again uh, your head in a minute about uh, Trent Robinson, the message that came through from him after the game uh, in that that performance. Uh, But let's just concentrate for a minute on the Dragons. And later in the show, we want to detail their their week. But Mm. on the back of that week, uh, they came out and there was an intensity in their performance that was terrific at the beginning. Sure, the Roosters came back and looked like they'd got the game. But uh, there was, uh, I guess, the moment post-game that I loved and as I said to my brother Dave which is what he said to me this morning was his favorite thing was seeing in the coach's box unbridled joy Mm. cheering screaming thumping the glass all that kind of passion I mean Anthony Griffin uh, for whatever he is he's kind of self-contained human being I think it was a great thing to see that uh, and Ryan Carr, the uh, interim coach for the Dragons, actually spoke a little bit about it after the game.
5: I'm just happy for the boys and everyone at the club, really. Look, like, everyone's been through a lot. It's not just the staff or the players, it's everyone, everyone that contributes
4: within the club. I was just proud of how we we kept going at the game all the way to the end. Like, we
5: had every right probably after that disheartening last try that Tedesco scored to sort of, you know, say, oh, here we go again and, and be victims. But um, I was just proud of how the boys just chased it, chased the game right till the end and just kept playing till the 80th minute, which is what we said we wanted to do tonight and put an 80-minute performance together, and I thought they did that really well. What was
2: the mood like in
4: the coaches'
5: locks, mate? How did you, you feel up there? Uh, it was all right for a while, and we got a little bit hectic at the end. But,
4: um, yeah, again, that's just the excitement coming out in me that I just I feel like I'm out there with them, and I think that's how you should feel when you're coaching, that you're out there next to these boys because I know how much they put into a game of footy and they put their, what they put their body through.
2: Loved it. And Gerd's your old mate, Sean
4: Timmons, was standing right yeah, next to you. Yeah, he was having some fun, wasn't he, mate? I mean, he's done himself no harm, has he? Ryan Carl didn't know a lot about him. Uh, he's a young guy, obviously only 34, 35 years of age. But the way that he handled himself throughout the week and then um, throughout the game and then in that, um, that post-game press conference has been um, a sight for sore eyes, I would imagine, for the Dragons fans. Yep. Um and, you know, he's got a bit of a job to do now. He's got – you can see he's got some experienced people around him, but he doesn't look like a shrinking – he doesn't look like he's just going to sort of sit back um, and just allow the players to dominate. He doesn't seem like an interim coach that's just hopefully going to do a good job for the rest of the year. It seems to me that he's got a, a plan. He made those changes. with He put um, he put um, Zach Lomates back into yep. the centres and he put him back into right centre and he made a couple of other changes with obviously moving Ben Hunt back to seven – um, and, and, yeah, he, he got it right. They got the result. That's what they needed.
1: Well, one of the things that Ryan Carr spoke about after the match was wanting and asking his players to show more resilience after a negative action on the footy field, and over the past period with St. George Illawarra, we've seen them drop their heads and give up on um, an effort play or focusing on the next job at hand after a negative result, be it a try or a drop ball or, uh, you know, something that goes against them in the game. And he, 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 he asked the players this week for, for simply that. Let's focus on set by set, worrying only about that next set, even after an error, even after a, uh, an infringement, something that goes against us. We need to be more mentally tough. Mm. And he actually alluded to that in that press conference there about the James Tedesco try. Yeah. How proud he was that they didn't give up and and say, Here we go again. Um after there's only four and a half minutes to play yeah. after when Teddy crosses Some over. Some of us had given up. <laughs> yes, we know that tone. <laughs> If I, a ye of little
2: faith. Yeah, uh,
1: but um, that is a key ingredient to the
2: why we may have seen a more resilient St. George Illawarra side last night. Yeah. It's interesting, those young guys that they've got there. And look, there's still obviously some frailties around someone like Terrell Sloan, the way he plays, yet he has that moment right at the end and grabbed it with that kick into into space for the winning try from I. Yeah,
3: I like the word they, um, he used and that, that victim word. You know, I guess... I feel like it sort of resonates with us at the Roosters at the moment because um, I feel like everyone's going against us and and you kind of feel down on yourself. But you, that's that's you playing the the victim card. Um, everyone's getting you know scrutiny and dragons are probably getting um, just as much as we're getting. But um, yeah, I liked how he used that word and um, you could see that it it meant something to the dragons and. Unfortunately for the Roosters, it meant something uh, a lot to the Dragons. But, um, yeah, Tyrell Sloan, i got a problem with him, broke my thumb on his knee, so I don't really want to talk, to... <laughs> talk about him too much. <laughs> uh, and he stole the game off us. So,
4: yeah, thanks, Tyrell. That, that's what I like about it also. Ben Hunt was in the media all week and um, spoke about some of these young guys that came up and really made a difference in those key moments because – I thought Benny Hunt played well in patches last night, but there was parts of his game where I thought he was a little off. You know, the back end of their sets wasn't great. There was a couple of times he sort of got at marker. or He got a dummy half on play five and threw it to someone else. And Zach Lomax got caught on an edge once with the ball with lots of people around him on the last play. So they weren't that clinical. Um, but they still found a way when they needed to to get the result. And it wasn't Ben, ben Hunt's best night. He scored a nice try. But, you know, it was guys like Souley and, and Fene and Sloan. I thought Jack DeBellum probably played one of yep. his best games for the Dragons uh, in the in the past couple of seasons. So all those guys just coming to the fore which takes a lot of pressure off Ben Hunt which also means that you know in a turbulent week there's some new guys emerging that want to take some responsibility and they did that yesterday and i think on the back of that that's why they got the result it's not a, oh we don't win last night if Ben Hunt doesn't play mm. there was you know 17 you know good performances by dragons players last night that all contributed to that result I saw Luke Carey during the week and he said uh, typically we'd have to play the
2: Dragons after yeah, he changing, he the changing of the coach. And, and certainly, as I said before, they started off with that intensity. But Brandon, you said you've played them before and you've met with that same kind of energy.
3: Yeah, they, they're they typically fast starters if you watch them uh, a lot. And they come with a lot of energy. But it's about responding to that and hanging on for that 15 and then they fall off the cliff. Well, they didn't really, did they? But in that first half of the second half, um, you could see them fading away after, you know, we, we started going at them yep. with the same intensity and they started fading off, fading off. Mm. But then errors compiled, penalties were given, and then we let all the pressure that we've put on them and, and what in the past would kind of send, send the Dragons into that victim mode, into that mode where they're like, oh, shit. Oh, oh. That's all right. Can't, can't, um, can't handle that, this pressure. And then we go away with the game. But then when you let all that pressure off with an error or a penalty, um, that gives them a sniff of hope that they can, you know, still come back and win this game. Mm So um, it's kind of on us and, um, yeah, just the Dragons done well to hold on.
1: Uh, A blow for the Dragons, guys. Uh, Blake Laurie uh, has a fractured hand um, and he will meet with surgeons also next week just to determine whether he does need surgery unlike Brandon um, Brandon Needs Surgery. They're still assessing. Blake Laurie, he's been solid. He's been strong. He's been a consistent performer for the St. George of Lawara Dragons. He would be a big out. They play the Dolphins next week, Uh, do the Dragons. Um, I wouldn't expect, well, obviously only Ben Hunt will be missing due to State of Origin. Um, And Jack Bird missed that match last night due to knee soreness. I expect him to back up against the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Brandon, the Roosters have the bye. Uh, So you may get a couple of players back uh, for your week after. Maybe Hargraves with his peck. Maybe Joey. But who who do you see filling your void? Um, um, and what... what well, I was on the bench, so... Yeah, well... <laughs> someone yeah. someone coming to the bench would be pretty easy. What depth cover is there? What are you seeing as far as options? And, and also Victor, too. Victor would be a blow.
3: Yeah, see, I think Jared would just take Victor's spot. I, I wouldn't... Uh... I wouldn't have a clue who would come in, but I'd assume Jake Turpin just holds that, um, holds that hooker spot. Depends if he wants to bring Sam Walker back. If Sam Walker's back, then I guess Drew Hutchinson would be on the, the bench replacement for hooker. That Those are what I can think. And then mm. um, Joey Mardu, if he comes back, he kind of takes Drew's role and does the same. So I think those two should be right, the way they carried on. I think um, at training they've been fine, so... Um, Jared, I think it was just a touch-and-go situation. I think he'll be fine. And yep. um, Joey, I think he'll be fine after this bye as well. So hopefully, that'll we'll, be big. We'll move on from torturing you about
2: this game in a minute.
3: <laughs> uh, just a
2: little bit more. Now, it, let, take us in there. You're, you, you're sucking on the green whistle. Uh, you've got the, the bung thumb. You're in the dressing room post-game. Result yep. hasn't gone your way. Now, we talked, Gerd's mentioned to you about spotlight on the club. Uh, it's interesting time for Trent Robinson, the coach, because he, he's a long honeymoon period because of his performances, because of his team's performances and how good he is. Mm. There is now a, a ratcheting up slightly of pressure on him. How was he? What was his message in
3: that post-game moment? It was uh, sort of like a disappointed father talk, really. And just knowing that we're on the cusp of being, you know, the team that we want to be and where we want to be at, I think – he does a really good job in trying to take the blame um, for us and say that he's got stuff to work on. At the end of the day, though, he gives us the game plan. He tells us what we can do um, to hopefully get the win. But if we don't go out there and execute his plan, then, you know, it's it's all on us. And it makes him look bad, but really it's, it's not him out there with his boots on and performing and um, doing what, you know, our job is. Um, it's not him doing all that stuff. He's just trying to help us, and we're, we're getting it wrong. So I feel like when he tries to take the blame, it's kind of just the coach um, trying to out his players. We're in really – all the blame is on our team and us individually coming together as a team as well. So, um, yeah, the talk wasn't too bad. He's quite a composed guy. Yeah. Not much sets him off. Um, quite the polar opposite of Craig Bellamy. <laughs> um, <laughs> The talks are uh, yeah a lot. There might have been a dummy half
2: pass that set him off a little bit from what we were <laughs> reading his lips in the uh, in the coach's box. Yeah. Not from you. Did, Not did from you? Uh, <laughs> did you? did you have game?
4: That, Did you have that broken thumb when you th- you threw that try, For. For Teddy when it almost well, that, went like four foot over his head? I was stoked that Teddy caught that because it wasn't actually for Teddy. It was, it was for
3: Egan Butcher. who like, was that going, that it, pass? It was going to Egan Butcher like 10 metres away from Teddy. <laughs> I could see all the space and I was like, all right, I can see Egan out there. Hopefully he catches this. And Teddy just jumped up and caught him anyway. So I was like, sweet, that works better. <laughs>
1: hey, just on Tedesco, geez, it was uh, impressive to see him start to get back to that devastating form that it w- yeah. w- we know he has. And right in time for State of Origin, like, it was something you know, over 170 run metres, 10 tackle, bust, two try assists. Like it was, yeah, awesome. it, it was really pleasing to see. And if there was one positive to take out of the Chooks' performance, I thought
4: Tedesco was it. They're also a side, though, aren't they, guys? Sorry, Tane. They're also a side, and we saw it last year. You know, they struggle in patches, but their roster's so strong that when they click, and we saw a couple of games at the start of the season, you know, when their attack was on song and they were all connected and they were spreading it in their own end and when you saw the best of Suwa, Li'i and and Manu, and it was really impressive. And, yeah, so they've dropped away just a little bit, and, and as the cheese is saying, you know, the coach can see that they're not far away, and even though it might look a little bit ugly at the moment, you know they get that one win, they have that one moment, and all of a sudden, a side like this with that roster get on a roll. We saw last year; like there was times last year where I thought they were going to win the comp in the back end of the. I didn't. I thought they were the form team of the competition. So. I know they've got some injuries and some, 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 some suspension. I'll get that out in a second. <laughs> to get through, but i tell you what, you know, every other side will always be watching the Roosters because if they click in the gear, it puts everyone on notice. They've got yep.
1: the Bulldogs in Gosford after the bye, guys. Bulldogs in Gosford, so an opportunity there. To...
3: Mm. Fortunately, yep. we've got the bye. We might get the win there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I thought you were breaking into Phil Collins' studio there. <laughs> <laughs> Sensational. <laughs>
2: All right, let's have a look at the Eels and the Rabbitohs. It is Indigenous round. The Rabbitohs usually perform very well on that day. Uh, Not quite so much, although they did meet an eel side who in terrific form, uh, thanks in no small part to the return of Mitch Moses because he had had concussion protocols from the week before. But his team up with uh, half's partner, Dylan Brown, was sensational. Absolutely sensational. Um,
1: Look, who saw this performance coming? I, 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 I didn't. Um, we're just talking off off air, Gerds, You didn't. I, I, mm. I did not suspect this from Parramatta, um, but Dylan Brown. Wow, it was a, it was it was a stellar performance. Actually, I think it was one of the best performances I've seen him play. Yeah, uh, absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah, just as far as news is concerned around the Eels, it's it's not ideal as far as Ryan Madison is concerned. He's now got a calf injury. He's going to be sidelined, so that's a blow. Uh, uh, Andrew Davy. Uh, left the field with a HIA. He'll be stood down for 11 days. He's out now. And they will lose Junior Borlo uh, for, for state of origin purposes. So that'll hurt them. The the news around Parramatta that it will pick up next week is their ability to pick up Joe Offahengawi from the West Tigers. Now, this was a deal that was effectively agreed to terms from Offahengawi and his manager's point of view. Offahengawi went for a medical assessment at Parramatta. It was all tickety-boo. And then the Tigers decided not to release him until after this weekend's match. I expect it to get ratified. But on the back of those three injuries that I speak... Oh, sorry, two injuries in Junior Bolo uh, moving to the origin period, Ofangawi will be badly needed for the Eels.
2: Yeah. Well, we may get the uh, Clint Gutherson sticking his boot on the football uh, in that no try. back in the day, uh, that w- would have been a penalty, wouldn't it? W- why? Well, if you're kind of coming with boots first. Uh,
1: well, it wasn't in a dangerous fashion. He was going for the ball.
4: Yeah. It was an unbelievable boot. play. It was. Yeah,
2: It was unbelievable. Oh, it was It was very controlled. You're right. That's
3: probably why I got away. Because uh, it was very controlled, just sticking the, the foot on top of it. I would have thought it was a penalty because the only comparison I have is the one The one I've seen penalised was Justin Olin in the grand final went to put the ball down and... Tyrone May just put his foot underneath the ball. Mm. Nothing dangerous about it. Mm. And he lost the ball um, and we still got awarded a penalty try for it. I would have said that was the exact same. Mm. Feet first. And that was in a grand final. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. He's put his foot.
1: Are you asking for for consistency from the referees,
2: Brandon? Is this what you're saying? (laughs) No,
1: absolutely not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What about South Sydney? Was it just, I mean, we've seen them. They've been up for a long time, Gerds, haven't they? They're yeah, they long, have. Consistently, very, very good. Uh, flamboyant, all those great things. There were some moments, Latrell and Cody, a terrific exchange of passes for yeah, a for Try. They're, yeah,
4: really pretty to watch. So you can forgive them the occasional lapse. Oh, yeah, you, you can, Tony, but I don't think it's the team that they want to be, mm. and and I think this has been the issue for the Rabbits over the last couple of seasons. At their best, yeah, they can compete with anyone, but um, sometimes they just expect it to happen, and I think I got the feeling last night they got caught up in a little bit of the week, and they went out there, and, and you know coming up against a side that had lost four of their last five, they probably just thought they were going to click in the gear, and it was going to happen because there was a lot of emotional charge, but they came up against a, a really resilient and determined mm. Parramatta side, and even though... Parramatta got out to a good start, and the Rabbits, when they clicked in the gear, could put some really nice passages together. Uh, the intensity wasn't there for long enough periods for the Rabbits to take control of that game, and I think that's what can happen to them during the season. Um, you saw glimpses of brilliance, and that they, there's guys that in their side that can just, yeah, regardless of how their team's playing or if the momentum's against them, can come up with those plays. Um, but it's just not the team that I think they want to be, and I think they their best and their worst can't be that far apart if they want to be, you know, one of those sides at the back end of the season. And there, it's it's like Latrell can do things that no one else in the comp, no other fullback in the competition can do. But he's definitely got to do the things that every other fullback in the competition can do, and that's sometimes, you know, working away from the ball. And sometimes I saw him throw a couple of passes last night where, you know, he's drifting across field. He throws a pass to a guy and puts him in space, and instead of backing up through the middle where he's a chance to, you know, convert the opportunity, he's running towards the sideline waving at the fans almost, you know, (laughs) and it's beautiful, and I love the way that he does that. It's fantastic. But if I'm south coach, I'm saying, mate, when you pass the ball and you put, you know, um, Johnston into some open space, I want you to push him back through the middle in case there's a return pass for you, you know. <laughs> Little things like that, you know, we saw that with the kick through for the Brown try. You know, Latrell was just back there hoping it was going to go out, wishing it went out. and It didn't go out, and that was a big moment in the game as well. So, yep. um, but anyway, yeah, look, I, I love watching the Rabbits, but last night was just all about the determination and the return of the Eels.
3: Yeah, I think you hit it on the head there. They went in. And- thinking um that it's all just going to happen for them and honestly I've been against Parramatta a lot of times I've I've got a terrible record against Parramatta cuz they're a team that if you th- expect that you're going to win against them that's when they really punch you in the face and <laughs> that that that's what they did and I think the eels are are an outstanding squad when they get it going their power game is as good as any and the comp, you, they've beaten Penrith they've beaten the bunnies they nearly beat Melbourne like mm. they've got they've got the the game plan and the recipe and maybe not the players at the moment, but when they get their players back, like Regan Campbell Gillard, they have the players to actually go and do damage to this competition. Mm. Um, we mm. said before they struggled against top four teams last year. Now they're struggling against the bottom eight. So hopefully they can turn that around. Mm. And um, I I just know we 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 won twenty in a row in twenty twenty one or nineteen in a row. Yeah. Then we come against the Eels thinking this is going to happen for us. It's written in the stars and they came mm. out and punched us in the face and mm. um, that's what they can do and that's the kind of squad they have and um, they've got great halves and then they've got a forward pack um, that can set it up for them. He's what uh, South coach Jason uh, Dimitri
2: had to say about just uh, receiving that punch in the face.
5: That was a good lesson for us. You know, there's, we've got to find ways to be on the up every week. Otherwise, you know, in Parramatta's, you know, this season they needed to get a good result tonight and that showed in how they played. Um, I felt like we were just waiting for something to happen instead of making it happen and if I'm being brutally honest, I don't think we valued the two points as much as we should have tonight and that's a good lesson for us. Like I said, going up early in the second half probably made us a bit more comfortable than we were. We needed to be. you got to credit Parramatta. I thought Moses kicked really well. They, you know, like I said, dominated the middle third of the field and... We weren't able to capitalise on getting some field position ourselves because you know we didn't kick well, um, and when we did, we piggybacked them out. So it's been a large part of the game playing off our own line, and in the end, fatigue took its took its toll on us.
1: Yeah, I don't get a sense of panic there from Jason Demetriou at all. I think he he knows it's just a really off night at the office, and I and I just think Parramatta arrived at Allianz Stadium with more intent. They had more willingness and more want to win the game, mm. and uh, it was. Uh, just South Sydney weren't themselves, as far as I can see. And if look, if it's snowballs, I'd I'd have a problem with it. And time will only tell. But I just felt it was one of those games.
2: Parano- Parramatta needed it more, yep. quite simply. Yeah. And they got it done, 36 to 16. Indigenous round, as I said at the top, it's something that's done so well by the NRL uh, every year, and it is once again this year. Uh, how has it been at your club for this week? I noticed that Arthur Beatson featured prominently and beautifully on the front of the jerseys.
3: Yeah, it's been an awesome, awesome week. Um, obviously, paying your respects. Um, Arthur Beatson has, a, a, Arty has a, a big, like, a lot of respect at this club, and... Um, I think there's been a forgotten rooster as well. Um, I forget his name, but he was the first Indigenous New South Wales um, captain as well. So we spoke a little bit about him. I think the the roosters told me about him. Actually, the the, the staff in the office. Yeah. So I can't remember the name right now, which is pretty embarrassing. You've forgotten
4: the forgotten rooster? That's the, unbelievable. Exactly. Good.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm. um, that he needs to bring more attention because that was before um, Artie was actually captain. So. Um, yeah, it's been a good weekend. Um, obviously, just losing kind of dims it. Yeah, absolutely. Back on the Was it Ron mm-hmm. Sadler? Yeah, that's him, Ron yeah, Sadler.
1: Yep. There you go. Um, I, I love the Roosters jersey with the, yeah. the boomerang. I, I thought it looked sensational. Uh, I think the NRL, like I'm happy to whack the NRL when they deserve it, but they are maturing as a, a sporting body unbelievably as far as – Um making these rounds mean something more than just tokenistic nice colors on a jersey mm. the influence when you speak to Latrell Mitchell or Nico Hines about indig- indigenous round they suddenly take on a platform and a voice that goes well beyond rugby league that you can hear them talking to uh, their their community you can talk to hear them talking to the the, the wider australian public in the in the messaging that they want to use rugby league as a vehicle to change lives, and particularly young Indigenous lives. They want young young Indigenous boys and girls to grow up knowing that they will get a chance if you knuckle down and focus and 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 be committed and determined to chase your dreams, and that you don't have to fall by the wayside. And these two individuals that I mentioned, Latrell and, and Nico, are they aren't. They are just in, incredible Indigenous ambassadors. They are incredible ambassadors for the Australian public. Uh, they're leaders in the community. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and I just think the way the game is celebrated Indigenous
4: Round, it's increasing every year and, and it's been pretty special as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think they do a wonderful job. And, and you spoke about what it means to the Indigenous community there, Dave. But, you know, what I take out from it is education for the non-Indigenous people for people to actually yep. you know p- pull back the curtain a little bit and learn a little bit more about uh, you know, the Indigenous people and, and uh, their lifestyle and the influence they've had in this, you know, country for such a long period of time. Because, you know, when I came through the schooling, it wasn't there. We didn't speak about it. I don't know if that's changed these days. Um, but the opportunity to educate the non-Indigenous people during this period, I think, is just outstanding. And the way that everyone buys in Indigenous, non-Indigenous, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I, I think the NRL will do a great job with it. Love my job. Here I am sitting in the studio... Aaron Woods walks in
2: and compares broken thumbs with Brandon <laughs> Smith. So we're going bandaged up all over the place. Thumbs up. I love it. All right. Uh, it is time for this.
5: Welcome to Tony's Spotting Quiz.
2: You know how it works. Uh, you're going to have to use your names as your buzzers if you wouldn't uh, mind testing those for me. Brickio. Oh. Okay, that's working.
4: Brandon. That's
2: good. Could be that exact um, same tone. <laughs> Skipper. Oh, I had a week off Skipper last week. Yeah, it felt good. Oh, Who was not well. last week? Oh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah I wasn't yeah, here last are week. Are these either. all going to be
1: Dragons questions? I <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, should have been. I'd already thought about Well, Now, these are. it's a hodgepodge of questions, so it's a little bit of everything. Very, very, very simple for you. Uh, all right, are we ready to go? <clears throat> mm. Who was the first Indigenous Australian to captain Australia in any sport? Skipper. Yes, Skipper.
4: The great Artie Beatson. Yes, indeed. In any sport. I just
2: went, instead
4: yeah. of saying my
2: name. <laughs> <laughs> fell at the first hurdle. Growling oh, doesn't uh, count. No, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 1973 through 77, Artie Beatson. Brilliant. Special mention to Lionel Morgan, who was the first to play uh, a test in Australia in 1960. All right, well, which legend withdrew from the French Open in tennis and is planning retirement? Yes, Skipper. Nadal? Yes, Rafael Nadal. How many Grand Slam titles does he I'm gonna have? I'm going to go get a coffee. <laughs> How many Grand Slam titles does he
3: have? <laughs> is that a bonus point? Yeah. Mm,
2: 24. Mm. Oh, so close. 22, I'll give it to you anyway. Oh, wow. Uh, the PGA, who leads it after round two? Uh, oh, that's a good um, one. Um, Speethy? No, he's number one in the world. Scottish oh, Scheffler.
3: Right. Oh, exactly.
2: Uh, <laughs> who won the lead up event to the PGA? Which Australian goal? Yes, Ricky. Jason o. O. Yeah. Day. Jason Day. It was great to see his son right now. Dash Dash Day. Dash Day. Yeah. Whose name am I spelling backwards? E E L Skipper.
4: Brandon. Yes, Skipper. Brandon Lee. Branko. Andrew, Andrew Branko, Andrew Branko Lee, Lee.
2: Uh, <laughs> what did I say? It's yeah. Lee, the former actor. Uh, Who scored the winning goal in the Women's uh, FA Cup up. final? Skipper. Yes, Skipper. Um, Curry. Yes, Sam Kerr. What? We've uh, got
3: to have a time limit. me. Can't go Skipper and then go, um, um. um Hey, wait, wait. Back up, Sparky.
1: Hey,
2: these two months are going to go
3: well. Wow. He's going
1: to
2: be barking at everyone. <laughs> you need some more green whistle immediately.
4: Oh, to stop growling.
2: All right, here, just very, these are very, very easy. First in, what sporting movie is this from?
4: Skipper. Rickier. Yes, Skipper. Chariots. Yes,
3: Chariots of Fire. Well when done. was that produced? Can we get some yeah. 2000? Brandon wasn't born.
1: He <laughs> <It> wasn't born. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's true well, were, you, were you born with this one? I'm being a victim at the moment yeah, Brandon. Yes, Brandon. Rocky. Yes, uh, Rocky. So Brandon is just, a winner the, <laughs> the winner
2: on the the winner on the day. Question. Win. Absolutely. Lovely to have you company. Let's have a look at the scores so far. The Dragons twenty four. The Roosters twenty two. Uh, the Eels over the Rabbitohs thirty six to sixteen. Of course, the Panthers and the Broncos fifteen points to four. The Panthers. We'll get to get that game very shortly. Uh, Brandon Smith is with us. Of course, sadly has the thumb which is in uh, bandage. He's got a little bit of plaster under there as well.
3: Well, yeah, work? a little uh, guard to keep the thumb so I don't move it. Right. Because that's the only thing that really hurts is when I try use it. Yep. So mm. um, this little splint, just make sure I don't do that. And
2: surgery on Monday is where we're looking.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm hoping.
2: Yeah. And it's caused some uh, great stress for you. I was walking through the office earlier and you had all kinds of tissues trying to get under your armpit. What's <laughs> happening there?
3: Yeah, I couldn't quite clean the left armpit as well as I, I mm-hmm. needed to yeah. and – um. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, I'm stinking a little bit. So Gerds <laughs> is lucky he's not actually in here with us. <laughs> that's right. Well,
2: I'm on the downwind side here. So just...
3: <laughs> What's happened,
2: uh, Dave Riccio, yep. in terms of charges, injuries? Yeah, where
1: yeah, are we at? The, the mo- most significant is the man that's sitting next to us, obviously. Yep. Brandon, uh, that's a huge blow for the Sydney Roosters. Um Facing two months on the sidelines, facing surgery on Monday. But the other big significant one is for the Sydney Roosters and it's Victor Radley. He's been charged by the NRL Match Review Committee following that that headbutt uh, on Blake Laurie. That, well, in all eyes of the match, uh, referees on field didn't see it as a headbutt. Um, leading fa- with the head. Yep, leading with the head um, on Blake Laurie. Which, which through- given
2: his history of concussions, probably isn't a great idea. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of that. It's no. not a sturdy
3: head. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm
1: glad you said that. Uh, he's facing three to four matches on the sideline, three matches with an early plea for Victor Radley, yep. four matches if he goes to the judiciary and unsuccessfully. Um, he's found guilty now. He's found guilty, but,
4: I mean, it's just another let, blow for the Roosters. Let me ask you this, Dave. If he's using the head and leading with the head and the head made contact, why, why didn't he need a HIA? Yeah, yeah.
1: Gertz, <laughs> come on, mate. These questions that you're asking me to jump in the minds of the on-field referees. <laughs> yes. To well, we'll be ch- fair, I, look. I, in all honesty, he should he should have been Sinbin. Yes. He should yeah, have been he should have been given ten minutes for it. I he was cl- cl- trying to kiss him. Yeah, he's was. Is yeah.
3: that yeah. Liverpool kiss? You get, get Sinbin bin for trying to kiss someone on the field.
4: <laughs> I don't think so. Well, it depends how
3: it's received, I guess.
4: That's
3: true.
2: Rocking the footy, uh, a bit of queen action there. And I think, uh, Brandon Smith, you, you relate to that song. You were singing along.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually had to um, – I was late to training one time and I had to spin the wheel for Melbourne. And The,
2: oh, so the wheel's got a bunch punishments.
3: of punishments. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's some crazy ones like the Chili Challenge. That one's terrible. You've got to eat like a Carolina Reaper in front of all the boys for a minute and you just have to chew it. <laughs> Um, <laughs>
2: Eternal Adolescence, a football club, isn't mm. it? I love it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. What else? Uh, anyways, I got to sing a song mm. and I chose that one. And rather than singing the actual lyrics because I didn't know them all, I just got dressed up in a, a white singlet, uh, some Wrangler blue jeans, and um, drew on a little mustache and just mm. strutted my stuff. So, mm.
2: um,
3: yeah, me and Freddie. Popular. lot in common. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, State so of Origin,
2: not far away. I think it's on your birthday, or, or Origin 1, isn't it? Um, Wednesday... Uh, May 31st. May 30 th- yeah, exactly. May 31. So who <laughs> is going to make those sides? What I thought I'd do, rather than you just running through your, your team, is let's just go through the um, positions and, and see where they fall. Does anybody have any other suggestion at fullback than James Tedesco? I think we could probably move on. Lock him from in. From that. Lock him in. Ding. Okay. On the wing, all right, here's where it gets interesting. Uh, Josh Adakar, if he's fit. Well, he wasn't selected last year even though he was fit. Uh, We've got uh, Josh Adakar. we got Brian To, oh, We've got Campbell Graham, Tommy Trevovich, uh, Steve Crichton, and Joseph Swali.
4: Where are you going? What are you thinking, goods? Yeah, I go with uh, Toto back up around 300 metres the other night. Form hasn't been, you know, exceptional for the start of the season, but been building nicely. Mm -hmm. Uh, On one wing, plenty of experience at that level. And if Josh Adokar gets through tomorrow's game against the Titans okay, I can't leave him out.
1: Mm. I can't stress enough how much the New South Wales Blues um, selectors in Greg Alexander and Brad Fittler are waiting for this performance of two players tomorrow. Mm -hmm. They cannot pick their team until they see how Josh Adokar goes for the Bulldogs up against the Titans and how Tom Trebojevic goes for Manly up against the Raiders. Now, both players, certainly the Fox, we know the Fox is an out-and-out winger, his performance is critical uh, for a wing spot, but Tom is also being considered as a winger um, if... um, if the performance is just shy of what they're looking for, they they are considering playing Tom on the wing uh, if they think they can get still get a performance out of him in that position compared to centre.
2: Right, okay, what do you think?
3: Me, I'm Josh Adokar and Brian Tor. Okay. I love but it. I am firm on those as well. <laughs> if Josh isn't ready, I would say Campbell Gillard, mate, or Campbell Graham, Campbell-, Campbell Gillard on the wing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from, that yeah, would be good. I'd would say it? Campbell Graham.
2: Well, Campbell Graham obviously would al- will also be considered in the centres because if you're be playing gangbusters for the Rabbits and not just their attack, his defence has been enormous. Well, this is
1: the point, Tone. They're almost the entire outside backs, by the halves um, and the James Tedesco, Wiggins, and centres. The Blues can't, they can't make a call today. Mm, yeah. I don't yeah, feel enough. like that. I don't feel like that's the case with the Queensland side. I feel like they're much more settled at this point in time. The Blues are still waiting just to see how these two
2: performances go tomorrow. Latrell Mitchell, he's there. Gerds, uh, yep. it's,
4: it's the other side, I suppose. Yeah, Latrell's on one and then uh, he'll, he'll play left side. And then for mine, um, uh, you know, same as what they've said, you've got to watch how Tom goes. And the conversation with Tom isn't about, oh, can you play origin? It's, I, th- I feel like he's just carrying a lot around in his head at the moment. You know, he's had, we've spoken about how he's had to change his running style and his technique and he seems to be really confused. Now, when you go into origin... um. Is he willing to let all that go? Is he is he willing to put his his he, he season for Manly on the line for a moment in a New South Wales jersey? I think that's what it comes down to. And also, you know, when you talk about form, sometimes if you if you you know, not in great form and you're getting picked on reputation or your side's not in great form, it's the best thing you can do is get out of that environment, get into an environment where you're surrounded by, you know, Latrell and Nathan and Isaiah and these guys. And all of a sudden it's the lift that you need just to shake off a little bit of bad form as well. And you know that there's people that have put their reputations on the line for your reputation in the coaches and their selectors and you want to repay them as well. So I think it's an exciting time for some of these New South Wales players. And and I believe if if Tom's... Fit, even though he hasn't showed it for Manly, but if he believes he can go out there and perform at a level that he know he'll need to, and leave all that, all that um, baggage behind, I just, I just don't know. You can not, I just don't know how you can leave Tom out of the side. Gerds, I couldn't. Gerds,
1: if you're picking a team, if you're if you're the New South Wales selectors, does the fact that the Blues are going to Brisbane in game two, and if you are making decisions now on ifs and maybes do you do you not want to make as least cha- as, as as little changes as possible in game 2 going to that i believe this I'm not or- thinking
4: about game 2 because anything could happen in game in between game 1 and game 2 i'm picking who's going to win me game 1
2: right right you've mm. got a uh, brandon smith you've got a different idea with the center someone you're very set on
3: yeah it's just someone i believe because i i think Origin is is built on defence and being able to hang in the game. And I feel like Stephen Crichton paired up with Brian Toro, they're the best defensive edge in the comp, hands down, like statistically. Um, they've got that connection with each other. Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai, if I'm going to pick them two as well. Like, <clears throat> there's not so many ifs or maybes, you know. There's a lot of just set-in-stone players that know each other, don't really need a week in camp together to to form that that. Connection paired with Isaiah uh, Isaiah Yo like you've got a a sound defensive edge, and they already know each other. I'm, you know, I've got Liam Martin like that whole edge is a Penrith edge, and um, respectfully, they're the best defensive edge. And I I I don't know too much about Tom Trbojevic, but trying to put a a fullback in a centre role when there's a centre that's so good at what he does already there, that's already fit the
4: mould. That's what I believe. We, we've been guilty cheese in the past, New South Wales, of picking defensive sides and going in with a defensive mindset against the Queensland side. And I think what Tom and what Luttrell and that do, even though they're playing a little bit out of position, is – they can do things on the field that no other players can do and we saw that with Tom in Perth a couple of years ago when they put him out in the centres he was playing i think right centre uh, and he scored the first try of the game on the left side catching a bomb you know like i mean these guys are just footy players yep. and they create opportunities and i think at origin sometimes you can get stuck in trying to defend you know the opposition and worrying about that part of the game but points are just really hard to come by and Tom's a guy that can just create and convert opportunities if he's fit.
3: Yeah, no, I totally agree, but I just, there's a lot of if around it. And mm. um, there's a lot of, like you
4: spoke about. You wouldn't it. take the risk?
3: Yeah, well, it's not something I want to take when I know there's a a better option. I'm not a coach, though. Let's listen quietly. <laughs> this is just, as a, as, a player, <laughs> as a player, as a player, that's how I see it. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. not that and either. I, I And yeah. I think. Stephen Croydon can create stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe not at Tom Travovich's level, but for some reason i got a little man crush on him at the moment. Love <laughs> <But>. it. yeah, <laughs> Love it. You like that shot at Magic Ground, didn't you? <laughs> 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 There's a lot, of, a lot of people
2: with man crush on Nico Hines as well. Let's move to that number six. It was all Nico early in the season, wasn't it, for that uh, jersey? But Jerome Luai, perhaps off the back of that challenge that has been thrown down at him, has really come up with the goods over the past couple of weeks, apart from a little uh, pat on, uh, on the officials. But he looks the goods. Are you having him at six? If so, what are you doing with Nico?
1: Probably three weeks ago I had Nico Hines uh, as my starting 5'8 for the Blues uh, and Jerome's just stepped up to the mark. He started to come again. He was I thought he started the season slow and that's probably understandable given the, the um, structural changes as far as those the Penrith team is concerned. No happy, no kick out on Jerome's side. And I thought i thought he got, he got out of the block slow but has really picked up. And I think, I think Nico finishes as the number 14 for the Blues. And we'll get to the reason why uh, as far as that hooker situation is concerned for New South Wales. But Jerome just started at 8 and Nico off the bench.
2: Okay. goods.
4: I really like the fact that, you know, when these two guys started competing for this position four or five weeks ago, Jerome responded. He acknowledged it in the media. He came out and he said, I'm in this battle. I'm just happy that my name's been mentioned in in a Blues jersey uh, and I'm going to make sure that I do my best to be picked. He acknowledged it and then, you know, his form just got so much better, like he really wants it. And I think it's a good thing for New South Wales because I'm like Dave, Rick, um, three or four weeks ago after Nico came back after injury, it was like, how can we not put this guy in? But probably since the acknowledgement of the the battle for the position, I think – He's probably, you know, he had a platform at Magic Ground. I don't think he took it when they got dominated by the Dolphins. I thought he was okay last week. Um, but form-wise now you'd have to go with Jerome and I think he'll get the nod. All right. We've
2: uh, all got Nathan Cleary at a halfback. We've all got uh, Isaiah uh, at lock. Let's look at uh, maybe the middles, uh, uh, the props, Payne Haas. Is, well, is Payne Haas be... picks himself,
1: don't. Yep. Yep. Any arguments there, boys? I like that Payne Haas' starting prop.
2: Yep. And Jake, obviously, Trebojevic, there's injury concerns yep. with him. Um,
1: look, I was getting a little bit of mail yesterday. He's still still no good thing to play tomorrow. That may have changed. That may have changed. He's doing everything possible to play. It's a calf problem for Jake Trubovic. Um He needs to play. Um, and he needs to play for New South Wales' sake. He was enormous yep. when he was recalled last series, and he's – He's almost the spiritual leader mm. of the New mm. South Wales pack, and he needs to play for me. Um, fingers crossed he
2: gets through tomorrow.
3: Yeah, yeah, I've got both of those guys. Yeah, likewise. Okay,
2: beautiful. And uh, in the number nine,
3: Brandon? Um, I've got Cookie. Yeah. I think also with that Nico Hines in the 14 role, I think New South Wales, if they – i am happy whether they go either one, but if you go both of them, they both play the completely different playing style one's elusive and deceptive, the other one's a runner and and sharp and plays the ball off the deck more often. Api you know tries to deceive the markers, probably draw him in a little bit. And I think if you change if you make that change, it kinda throws off everyone else's attack. it just you start playing a different attacking style than you've been playing for the last forty minutes, so I'd keep – I'd probably have Cookie. I'd, actually, I'd have Cookie and then I'd have Nico Hines at 14
4: and just, just stay with that. Okay. Gerds? You yeah. happy with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think you could go with either one. They've both got great attributes, different ones as uh, the cheese just spoke about. But, yeah, I don't believe you can have both of them in the side and Cookie's been there, done the job before, um, and I'd go with him.
1: Right. I, I, I'm pretty confident Cook will be the only only chosen hooker for the New South Wales Blues on Monday – Uh, And I say that because of what he has done in the past as the sole hooker for the Blues. They've had victories, New South Wales with only one hooker, and being that being Cook, he can play eighty minutes. He's shown he has the endurance to do it. Uh, That's another key factor.
2: He's okay after
4: having his head cover though, Dave. (laughs) Yep, yep. It's it's just cover if something happens. Well,
1: there's a suggestion you can move. There's a suggestion you can play a couple of players in that role for a fifteen. Minute stint if you had to. And more. Yep. one of them is Cameron Murray has been mm-hmm. raised um, yep. as a potential dummy half role. Yep. Also, um, Jerome Luai, guys, Jerome Luai began his mm-hmm. career in the centres, um, moved to 5'8, then halfback, has jumped in at dummy half at times yep. for the Panthers. So there's, instead of, instead of you know, losing a spot on the bench by naming another hooker just solve the problem with the players that you've got.
2: All right, just yeah. quickly, uh, second row then, and it, we've kind of moved into the utilities as well, but uh, Cam Murray's
4: there. We took yep. Liam Martin-Gerds. He's come back from injury, and he's looked uh, awesome. Yeah, he's been great. He's great the other night. He's played, uh, I think, two 40-minute stints now for Penrith in the middle, in yep. the washing machine, which is a lot harder than on edge. So... Uh, line speed, just a guy that gets out there and wants to rip in. I don't think you can beat Liam Martin. The other guy I would have is Hudson Young, just just born to play Origin. because um, I start with Cameron Murray on the bench and I think, you know, uh, his momentum that he can bring um, in the middle of the field with his play the balls and playing off the back of that and swapping him out with either one of the bigger boys just to give us a little bit more agility and uh, obviously defensively he's really sound as well. Uh, in the middle of the field when people start getting tired, I think it's really important. So I think he'd be key for us off the bench. Um, and I think he's wasted sometimes out there just standing on an edge. So I think those two guys, pretty similar styles. I think Hudson's deserved his shot and he was born to play Origin. Brandon?
3: Yeah, I've got the <laughs> I've got the exact same people. Yep. Uh, I've got Liam Martin, Hudson Young, both for pretty much the exact same reason. I think Liam Martin was a uh, big reason that, The Australian team beat the New Zealand team in that um, Mm -hmm. semi final. He was, he just had the go, the go about him, that lunatic mentality. And I think he's an origin player. Um, I remember last year he played um, where he just, those kick chases that he has and the ability to actually whack. And then Hudson Young's having a great year. He kind of deserves to be picked on how well he's been playing. And he also is one of those niggly, Just people you don't want to play against because he's just annoying and uh, I've got the same thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm really pleased the boys. I love Hudson Young as well. I'd love to see him get a blues jumper. Uh, I I think Cameron Murray and Liam Martin will be the two back rowers with Isaiah at lock and maybe Hudson off the bench. Um, You can rule a line through Angus Crichton, guys. Um, Unfortunately, he's just left that. That run too late, and um, as far as getting uh, a late start to the season is concerned, yep. and, and then as, as a byproduct of the Roosters as well, Angus will miss out. All
2: right, the selection meeting's is taking slightly longer than I thought it was going to. We haven't got to mm. Queensland yet, but I'm loving it. Just so, just to round us off, then uh, the the bench will be in your
4: eyes, Ryan. Um, I've got Hines Murray Junior. Paulo after last night, and I, I've gone with the manly back row, Olucawatu. He yep. could come on for an edge for you and do some damage.
3: Goods, we should be the New South Wales coach. I'm oh, a Queensland fan. <laughs> but let's see. Uh, yeah, I've great got great Hines, Olucawatu, Junior Paulo, Cam Murray. What yeah, you got?
1: Uh, very similar But Tyson Frizzell will be on that bench, guys. Really? Yeah.
2: It's been a few years I since has anyway, been I reckon anyway, I think there.
1: he will be. Okay. 2020 was his last origin appearance. All right, there is it, it is for it you. will be I think it will no, be? No, it will
2: be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The Panthers 15, the Broncos 4 at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, Gerds, I saw you and your daughters there wearing the Panthers outfits uh, very yep. proudly. Nice night for them.
4: Yeah, it's always, uh, they love the Panthers and it's good to see when they come up into uh, Suncorp and play uh, the the competition front runners, the Broncos, and it was a it was a good contest. I thought the Broncos were always going to miss the calm and the poise of Adam Reynolds. They're a young side, still sort of learning different parts of the game, been able to blow a lot of sides off the field this year, but they were going to come up um, and need to produce an 80 minute performance, an intense 80 minute performance against the Panthers, and just quite weren't up to it. I thought their effort was really good, but Penrith just laid it on. They really disciplined, kicked the corners play one two three defensively um you know Cobbo and those guys just got absolutely nowhere their line speed was incredible Mitch Kenny Liam Martin just and fish I thought even though you know Fisher Harris has been out for a little bit he came back and him and Leota they really uh, controlled the middle and that's where the Broncos have been blowing people away with you know Payne and Carrigan who was also exceptional um but yeah they just took all their momentum away it didn't allow uh, Rhys Walsh into the contest and then Nathan Cleary, probably the best running game I've seen him have in a long time. I think he ran for over 200-and-something um, metres, wow. t- took the line on 27 times, scored that try. His kicking game was exceptional. Luai did, you know, he was back to his best. And um, they just I- – I won't say they intimidated the Broncos, but um, they would—they j- just b- sort of bullied them. And that's yep. when Penrith are playing well. They bully sides. They make you not really uncomfortable – and I think the Broncos will, will, will learn a lot out of that. But, yeah, Penrith back to their best. They well,
2: are, they're a machine, aren't they? What, what I liked
1: about this performance was in this weekend that we have, it's very um, easy for players on the verge of state of origin selection just to get through the game and do what they need to do. But to Gerds' point, none of those Penrith players, and there are a stack of them, mm. who are on the verge of going into another origin series, you know, the biggest three games of the year, None of them took the foot off the throat. They absolutely went for the jugular and did a jo- did a job. I thought on on the mm. Broncos, um, and I, I think it shows where this Penrith side is at the mental mentality of this team, the maturity of this team to know that you can't rest on your laurels and that club footy must come first. And you know, to Gerd's point, Nathan Cleary's performance was simply outstanding. Mm. Now Nathan could could have been excused. For having a, a, a an easy night with the with the, the dinner suit on and just not playing tough footy, he didn't do that. He just went after it, simply outstanding. And I think that's full credit to this current Penrith team and where they're at as a footy club. When they're
2: in that ruthless mode, they're a tough outfit to play, obviously.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you spoke about taking the line on twenty seven times. That is a a clear indication um, that you're winning the the middle of the, oh, the Battle of the Middle. Uh, when your half's up there and he's running more, multiple times, more than 15 runs, that, that's a indication that there's ruck speed. The halves want their, um, the ball in hand. And, uh, yeah, Nathan Cleary took it away. But it's just how Penrith play. They just slog you out and just pretty much arm wrestle you out of the game. Just don't do too much wrong, don't do too much right either until they until they really need to when it gets down to the crunch time. It would be four backs running the ball to halfway and then they're just happy to kick you into the corner and just mm. repeat that process until either you make an error or they do something special with it. And, um, yeah, they just they're, they just know each other so well. That's why I've got about a
4: 10 of them in my origin side. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, they just suffocated the Broncos. It was just really clear, like watching it live and I was talking to you guys off... Uh, off-air before about the movement off the ball and things like that. They're a different side to watch live. Um, and, yeah, they really just suffocated the Broncos to the point where we're watching the Broncos walk off at half-time, it was like even though I think there, were, there was only maybe eight points difference, um, the contest was over. Mm. They, you know, they 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 just they'd, they'd belted the, the Broncos in a submission and it just didn't look like they had the answers mm. and weren't going to get those at half-time and kind of would have been happy to go, well, you know, our nights over and they were brave in the second half even though Penrith probably left three or four tries out there the broncos just found a way to get themselves um defensively into positions to stop some of the tries from penrith you know they they i think they tackled someone into a goal post they got in between a couple of players when there was line break so i thought they were really gallant the broncos and they'll take a lot out of that game but they're they're just not there yet and i think that's that's the next part of their growth is becoming, you know, they've got the talent to be a side like the Pan- the Panthers, but they just haven't got the mentality because they're young and inexperienced. But if they get there, gee, I will tell you what, next time they those two sides play, it'll be a, it'll be a cracking contest.
3: Yeah, especially with um, Reynolds coming back, because the way you kind of can go good against the Panthers is having a great kicking game, and that's why I think when whenever the Eels play the Penrith, they they go pretty well against them because Moses can put the ball as deep as you want it and they don't have that they don't win that field position battle as much like if you watch the Broncos game it was pretty much played in the Broncos half with Penrith just attacking them and tackling them before the 40 meter line and then them having to kick the ball back but they missed um Adam Reynolds touch on the fifth tackle options um that young half that they had you know they tried to run the ball a couple of times but um yeah i think and when, when, when Reynolds is back, it'll be a little bit of a better competition. But it was still an awesome game. A yeah. few uh, tries overturned,
2: overturned, disallowed, uh, including one from Katoni Staggs under slightly unusual circumstances, Dave Riccio.
1: Yeah, well, on-field referee sent it up to the bunker for advice on whether it was a try or no try. And then on-field referee, um, name just escapes me at this point in time. Um, G, I think it was. Adam, Adam G. G, was yep. it? Yep. Um, he decided to offer some on-field advice. <laughs> yeah, to so it was working together. Walsh who was oh, flying,
2: flying through the air, uh, and well, so is this not? So he's seen it on the big oh, screen. This is, this is concerning for me,
1: Tone. As like, it's a serious can of worms for the game. If on-field referees are going to start sending decisions to the bunker because they don't know whether it's a try or no try, mm-hmm. then in the process of the bunker determining the video. Uh, a review official determining whether it's a try or no try receives v- advice from the on-field
2: referee. Well, he's just asked him to have another look because he said, oh, "I don't like the look of that." Which was because Rich he's Welsh staring flying up at through the, the, the Suncorp well, Stadium. Well, I didn't, I didn't like it because he was in the air for like twenty-five seconds, and I don't know how anybody does that. But he seemed to go up with maybe eyes for Peachy rather than the ball. But then managed while mid-air. Okay, so just to, the do his To spin job. around and
4: and could have taken the ball. Yeah. They're all out there working together, Dave. I like it. They're getting the result, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's the problem? The the decision I thought because was interesting was Because it'll
1: come down the... On to, to the, the very next suburban ground we're at and whether the mm. jumbo screams quality enough for the on-field referee to make a call or give advice mm. to the... To the billion dollar, million dollar, million dollar video referee official that the NMRL has invested yeah, but in
2: decisions, no, no, invested in screens, he's got exactly. to bring it up. It's only if he, he sees
4: something, he's got to bring it up. Yeah, just did
3: The bunker should have said, "Mate, well, gee, you shouldn't have set it up here if you didn't like that."
2: That's right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, they're looking at it anyway.
4: But what about the other decision, boys, through the contest where Fisher Harris got done for unnecessary for falls. hitting a bloke too hard, for, yeah. for tackling a guy in the ribs? Too hard. I mean, I've never seen anything like that before. That
1: is actually a rule in my son's under-14s, <laughs> footy, footy, no, junior footy. Like you can't hit too hard and that yeah. the, well, the fact that can... that's got to the NRL is
2: concerning It's okay, yeah. you have that system where the older players wear purple shorts and you're only allowed to hit them not allowed to mm. tackle them mm. properly, yeah. you know, as we love that kind of stuff. <laughs> two, just, hand just back to, yeah, two hand <laughs> touch two hand touch. Kevin Walters as you would expect, was asked about the uh, the referee giving that advice to the bunker, here's what he had to say.
0: I thought it was a try but, you know you know, you win some and you lose some. We're not having a lot of uh, we're not having a lot of um, joy with the, some decisions at the moment. But again, I'm okay with that. But you keep working hard, things will turn around and decisions will start. You know, we probably got a few early in the year. Yeah, it was a bit weird though. The referee's second time he had a look at it. Uh, I believe he that's when he. But I'm not sure what Reese is meant to do. He went to catch the ball. His eyes are on the ball. What if Reese catches it? Is it a no try because he took
5: the opposition out? Yeah, it was a strange one, but. Some of our players do strange things on the field as well, and I question what they're doing.
2: <laughs> Ryan Carr, the first nominee for the AAMI Interim Coach of the Year for this season, uh, which is what my favourite category, as we all know. Uh, he's got off to a flyer, a terrific win for the Dragons over the Roosters. But, Dave Riccio, you've spoken about it during the week, uh, about the process mm. to get to here and then to get to the next stage, which is to appoint the full-time coach. Uh, and you've spoken about it in quite disparaging terms, in terms of how the club has handled it.
1: Yeah, I just think I've got concerns in relation to the the, the length of this process. Um, look, if if you if no if you didn't think that Anthony Griffin's days were numbered uh, late last year, as far as his contract status is concerned, going into this season, well, you had your head in the sand because, um, unfortunately for Hook, I believe it didn't. Yeah, no. The, the dragons board may tell us that he could have uh, he could have result driven his way uh, to a longer contract at Saints, but I, I don't believe that at, at all. Uh, I thought they should have made this decision at the back end of last year and made a clean call there and not waste what they have now. Uh, thank goodness for that victory last night uh, because it has eased some of the uh, the blowback on the current dragons management for making this call now why wasn't it made in the preseason or even earlier second of that is when you make the call have someone ready to go they knew since february that they were that they told hook back in february that they may not go ahead with him beyond this season they said they were going to use that that this pro this period to determine which direction they want to go in why haven't they been talking to coaches throughout the past three to four months and getting their head coach uh, appointed this week, so the ball is already rolling for 2024, 2025, as far as where this club's heading, recruitment wise, structure, cultural wise, it's it's still a mess for me. And I've still I'm not convinced Jason Rolls takes this job. Oh, really? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not as convinced as um uh, as my uh, some other colleagues within my industry that uh, that have Jason. He is without doubt the front runner. He's with no doubt in the world. He is who Saints want. But I believe Jason Riles still has trepidation and some concerns around the support he may receive from a football structure point of view, and and what they badly need is a is a GM of football and a head of recruitment. And the options currently on the table for Jason aren't great. It would be a huge, it would be a huge leap of faith from from Jason, I believe, to take this role without that
2: support structure around him. All right. So the name Shane Richardson had been mentioned yep. in terms yep. of going there. Uh,
1: look, I, I look, I think he'd be a great fit. I think he's got the experience and the and, and the the know-how, the tentacles throughout the game. To to do that job, but I don't I I'm getting mail that
2: that's so, not swimming. See, it's not just, swimming sorry, that
1: way, that, as far as Richo is concerned.
2: So the Jason Rawls piece of this puzzle you're saying though is coming from his side that he's concerned with all the things that you're concerned mm. about the club, yeah, and that the so-called division between the the two. Uh, so arms look at the Cameron Serraldo
1: situation. Yep. A rookie coach, he yep. goes to the Bulldogs. Why? Because he has Phil Gould yeah. as the GM of football pulling the strings. On every other matter outside of actually just coaching the team, Cameron just coached the team, and 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 uh, Craig Fitzgibbon has the same situation with German footy Darren Mooney, who's who's, who's signed Kalen Ponga to the Knights. He's got he's got uh, a lot of experience in the game. Rookie coaches need support and the right experience. Um, Experience support is what I'm saying. Isn't Jason
2: Rose a former Dragon? Wear the big red V. Doesn't he want to take that club, which is one of the huge clubs in our game, and take it back into the sunlight? Isn't that? I'm sure. I'm
4: sure he wants to, Tony, but maybe he doesn't feel like you know, without the support, he's capable of doing that because it's different. Being an assistant coach and sitting underneath guys like Robinson and Bellamy and watching what they do, but then sitting in that chair and actually having to be the person. Uh, that applies all those things that you've seen, like manage those relationships, have those conversations. It's a different thing once you're in the chair. And these guys haven't actually been head coaches. So they've been around really good head coaches, but they actually haven't been in that chair at any other level, whether it be in England, Queensland Cup, you know, some of the people that are mentioned. um, Yeah, they've seen it all, but they haven't actually applied it. And so that's why they need a good general manager of football. And I would have imagined... To help them through that, I would imagine that it's the risk for St George, not Jason Rolls If St George bring in a rookie coach that hasn't sat in that chair before, um, getting him to turn a, a club around that's in the state that it is, as opposed to getting the right general manager there, getting the right person that knows the football side of things, and then allowing him to help them get the right person in, whether that be Rolls or someone else. But I would imagine that that would be the first port of call now that they've acknowledged that, you know, they've let go of a coach that did have some experience. If they want to go with a young coach, the only option I think the Dragons have is to appoint someone in that role to help this young guy transition in.
3: Yeah, I've, I agree with David. And knowing um, knowing Jason and knowing what he's like and the type of person that he is, I just don't think that... He wants to go to that club and have such a massive weight on his shoulders having to deal with all the stuff that doesn't involve coaching. I think he wants to go there and be a coach and he will be a great head coach and he will be a good fit for the Dragons because he's he's more about getting teams together than he is about, you know, this is my way or the highway. And, um, yeah, I think the massive part of this decision is whether he goes there and has to do a lot more than just coach... An NRL team, he has to go out there and um, take on so much more responsibility. That's what I think the worry should be for the Dragons because I know how he is as a person. He won't want that.
2: Brandon, you've been involved in two brilliant systems, Melbourne and the Roosters. Where does that responsibility? Is it? Is it those? Is it Craig Bellamy? Is it Trent Robinson? Who is the person? You know, whether it's culture or whatever it is, where that puts those systems in place that allows for
3: and in fact predicts success. I'd say it starts at the top and then trickles down to the bottom. And Craig is definitely someone that I would say he's got the most influence at the at the club without being an owner or anything, but. All he does is coach the rugby league team. He doesn't involve himself with them board me- meetings and stuff like that. He's got Frank Panisi, who's the general manager at the club, who pretty much does all that non-football related stuff. He sorts that out. Then Craig, all he has to do is worry about his team and what they have to do on the field. And as far as like, the players performing or like working hard for each other, Craig's in there doing that every day. He's in there... In the gym, before we get to training, he's already there on the rower. And you walk in and you see that and you go, all right, he's doing that this morning. I can already put you in that mental state. I can go there and do that this morning. And it just trickles down throughout the players. And then you've got players like Cameron Smith who do the exact same thing, just constantly show you what it, what it is to be great. And that's what I think is, is good about the Melbourne Storm is that Frank Panisi does all the... Non-NRL stuff, Cameron oh, Cameron Munster, I was going to say, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Craig Bellamy does all the rugby league stuff.
1: The two examples you've just given, Tone, just hit the nail on the head on why Jason Riles is currently doing a mass research into whether he takes this job. You just mentioned the Melbourne Storm. Where's Jason Riles worked before? The Melbourne Storm. He knows what successful structure looks like. Cheese uh, just mentioned Frank Panisi. Now... Within the game, is considered the most respected GM of footy in the game. So Jason sees what Frank Panisi does for Craig Bellamy, for Craig Bellamy, one of the greatest coaches in the game, has one of the best set-up structures but still knows, Bellamy still knows he needs Frank to be successful. So why would a rookie coach go with anything less than an experienced hand to help him on his journey in his first few years? Now, the second one that Jason Rolls has been working at is the Sydney Roosters, where two of the most influential and powerful figures in the game, Nick Politis and Trent Robinson, yep. run the club. Okay? Jason is, has, is seeing what that setup looks like, how that su- success uh, translates onto the footy field. It is a very, very long drop from
2: the Storm and Roosters system. To the current St. George Laura system. All right, just in thirty seconds. Tell me where does the where do the cards fall then? If you're saying Jason Rose is seriously look, Dragons, considering not taking this gig,
1: the Dragons have got some work to do. The Dragons have got some work to do over this weekend to get to a point next week where they can where they can confidently show Jason that there will be the right support structure for him to su- succeed. Otherwise. I think they'll move to a Ben Hornby or Dean Young
2: situation. Here I was riding and Had a big high after the win last night. Now you're just ripping the rug out from underneath me. Ryan Gerdler, Tony Squires and Dave Riccio having to help up with the headphones of Aaron Woods. It's interesting. You had to help uh, Brandon Smith with his broken thumb. You had to help to take those ones off and now put them on. Another man, you have to have yep. a broken thumb to get a gig. Yeah, well... Must be doing all right. There's a couple of us yeah. at the moment, and <laughs> I think Blake Laurie come with a broken hand or thumb as well
0: last night. So yeah, right. must he's be something. Must yeah. want a job yeah. as well. He, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> there is uh, so much I want to get to you, to have a chat about, but we have to hang off that for a moment because it's a great pleasure to welcome to the show a man who performed brilliantly uh, for the Eels and has been coming into some sparkling form. I'm, of course, talking about Bailey uh, Simons and joins us now. G'day, mate.
5: Hey, boys. Thanks for having me.
2: Congratulations. Uh, You are in a nice little patch of form, you individually, and it was a great performance by the team uh, last night.
5: Yeah, and it was um, really good to get a result last night. Obviously, um, you know, in the context of our season, it was um, pretty crucial that we got a win. So, yeah, just stoked to get a um, a win last night against a real good South team.
4: Yeah, Bailey, uh, yeah, Ryan Girdley, mate, congratulations on the performance uh, and the win last night. What's it like, Allianz? It looks like a great stadium to play. A lot of emotion there last night being Indigenous round. Did you enjoy it?
5: Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, great stadium there. Um, real good atmosphere. And um, obviously, of Indigenous round um, makes it that much more special too. And um, coming up against a team like South, um, a lot of proud Indigenous boys in their side. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great atmosphere. And um, we knew they'd be up for a big game. So... Uh, yeah, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, Bailey, Aaron Woodsy mate, I thought you were outstanding last night. In, in particular, your left edge, you know. I thought you lost, Andrew, I think it was Davey in the first, you know, five, ten minutes and then Madison to come on to step up. Was there much talk about, you know, sticking to your roles and, and not, you know, being over complacent with what's going to happen with injury?
5: Yeah, cheers, Woodsy mate. Um, yeah, obviously, um, you know yourself, so most teams these days with the HIA um, coming into the game, it's it's always changing out there. So I would say training. We do a lot of work with different combinations um, and stuff on the edges. So um, we're pretty fortunate to have Maddo there on the bench, who's, um, you know, a really good class player. So to be able to bring him on there, was a, it was a seamless change. And um, I think Dill last night was massive for us on that left edge. He was, he was in good form and uh, we just sort of played off the back of his momentum. So, yeah, it's good steps there on that left edge and I feel like we're building well. Yeah, well, speaking of Dylan, he was out on
0: fire with the man of the match. But what about the other half? He finally agreed the terms and wanted to get his money. Is he? Is he shouted you a coffee or anything yet at training?
5: The boys have been giving it to him. Eh? He's um, money yeah, bags, nah. Moses. Can <laughs> draw presents, it out, exactly. can't he? Yeah, exactly. He drew that one out. Nice, nah, good. Um, in all seriousness, that was it's obviously really important for us to um, have him staying at the club long term, and um, you know, what, Moe's like, he's a good character around the club too, and, and obviously a, a freak of footy player. So. Um, I thought he was awesome coming back for us last night and just his kicking game and and control out there just um, really takes us to another level.
1: Hey, Bailey, Dave, Ricky, congrats on a terrific win last night. Um, I just wanted to let listeners understand your background. Do do you recall? Of course you recall. Tell that story in relation to back in 2018, uh, representing New Zealand in the Rugby Sevens team. Talk to us a little bit about that and is there any little appetite to potentially... Uh, go down
5: that path again? Yeah, I um, came came to a rugby school at um, Newington here in Sydney and then um, moved over to New Zealand with with some of my family and um, ended up in the sevens program there playing rugby um, my first year out of school, which was a really cool experience. Um, something I enjoyed, you know, growing up I played both league and union, so it was cool to sort of tick that off. But, um, you know, in terms of the future... I'm pretty settled and uh, really enjoying playing rugby league. I've been um, been playing back playing league now for a while now, and I'm enjoying it. So now nah, myself personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't say there's much of an appetite to go back to rugby. You
4: came up against probably the form centre in the competition last night, Bailey in, in Campbell Graham. How did you prepare yourself for that one defensively? You had to be really sound, I would imagine. But also, did you sort of come up with any opportunities that you thought you might have had, or advantages you had with the football?
5: Yeah, he's been in. Um, He's been in real good form this year, Campbell, and um, probably, like you said, the form center in the game. So I knew I um, had to be on um, both with and without the ball and, and just try to compete. Um, <clears throat> he got me he got me a beauty in one of the scrums. there ran a good line, so I was pretty filthy of that. But um, all in all, I think it was a pretty good battle. And, um, yeah, like I said, he's gone awesome, and it'll be great to see him um, get in that blue. So I think he deserves it.
2: You've played, spent some time uh, with the Raiders as well. With the cold snap coming, you'd be happy to be uh, <laughs> playing, uh somewhere civilized.
5: Yeah, um, we, we played down there last last Saturday night, I think it was, and it's always a it's always no good the night games there. So I'm freezing. You go on at half time and just trying to warm yourself up. So now nah, it's good to be um, up in Sydney in some warm weather.
0: And, and with with the ladder at the moment, doesn't I don't think it really reflects where you've been, Bailey. Like, your first month or five weeks of footy. I think you there, thereabouts, you, you got beaten a couple of golden points. Have you spoke, like you reflected on that early part of the season to sort of the way it's going to lead you into this back end now?
5: Yeah, we definitely, we've sort of addressed that and um, I agree. We sort of, I don't know where we're sitting now, but we're definitely down the bottom of the ladder and, um, you know, unfortunately we've lost some games where, you know, we probably should have won them and, and could have won them. But um, at the end of the day, it's... No one really remembers how you lose. They just remember if you win or lose. And, and we need those two points. So, um, yeah, I think I think last night was a really good step in the right direction to build some momentum. Um, we've got the Cowboys back at home next week, which is our first home game in a while. So um, hopefully we can string back-to-back wins. And then and then we head into the bye. So uh, we've got a good platform here to try and build the back end of our season. And, and that's what we'll be planning to do.
4: Hey, Bailey, tell us a little bit about that transition. You spoke about the Rugby Sevens. You came through the Raiders system mainly on the wing. Now you find yourself in the centres at the Eels. Is that because there's an opportunity in the centres? Do you see yourself as a as a centre in league and uh, do you enjoy it more than playing on the wing?
5: Yeah, I, um, as I said before, growing up, I played um, both sports and uh, played a bit of 20s here too and um, always played in the centres when I was younger actually. Then um, when I found myself um, moving to first grade at the Raiders, I... Um, came through on the wing and um, have sort of predominantly played there. But um, I would say I definitely prefer playing in the centres and um, really enjoyed um, getting an opportunity there the last sort of back end of last year and and the last few weeks this year. So, um, yeah, somewhere I'd like to stay and and keep developing there.
1: Are you you talking about staying and developing, Bailey? You're actually off contract with the Eels in 2024, which means you can get to November 1 this year and, and take yourself to market and maybe test... Test the your value and have a look around. What's your priority? Is a yeah, you got any inclination on what you might want to do? Do you want to try and lock down a deal with Parramatta before November one, or uh, where's your head at as far as contract status is concerned?
5: Yeah, to be honest, I, I really haven't really thought about it. I know it sounds like cliche, but I've just been trying to focus on you know with, with how our season has been going, I've just been focused on trying to get um, sort of get some wins. But you know, I love my time at Parramatta, and and that's ideally where I'd like to stay long term. So. Um, you know, hopefully if I can just keep playing well and um the team's going well, then that sort of sort of stuff can hopefully look after itself.
2: Hey Bailey, did you give Latrell a bit of lip after he went over the first try?
5: <laughs> no, I, can't even, I think I said so, I can't remember, but now nah, it's all good. Oh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> buddy, <laughs> he deserves it. He gives as much as he yeah, gets. Come no, on, it's great. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> it was really yeah no, it's good. He's um you know, there's a big body coming on top of me there. So it was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Yes, get it out.
2: Come on. I love it. Mate, congratulations, as I said, not just for the uh, performance last night, but you have been building. Your uh, form has been terrific uh, and a good win for the Eels. And thanks for having
5: a chat. No, nah, no worries, boys. Thanks very much. Ta-
2: Bailey Simonson there from the Eels. Aaron Woods, how is that hand? Talk us through the
0: injury. Where are you at? You know, it's gone all right. I had a operation on Wednesday, uh, Tone. It uh, broke the trapezium in your thumb, and I have no idea what that is. Oh, it's a circus act. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what I said. I didn't fall off a trapezium, but um, <laughs> honestly, never heard of it before. Um, before the operation, the doctor said if we had to put a pin in it, it could be you know six to eight weeks, because you've got to take the pin out at four-week mark, so you've got to go back in for another operation. But we well, are lucky enough that the ligaments were still attached. It was just a break in the bone, so... Just got a couple of screws and a plate put in there, so it's just how it reacts to it now. Where and are
2: you in terms of screws and plates in your body? Have you got, I've got plenty? I've got a
0: couple in my feet yeah. and one, and a couple in the left hand
1: now.
0: Oh. It, it hurts too because I'm a left-hand rider. I oh, know. So it's killing me. Well, and I do a lot of things left-hand too.
2: Yeah, and so much writing <laughs> yeah. as well, I, I imagine. <laughs> The Dragons, the win over the Roosters, uh, they up 12 nil. looked with 14 nil at one point, then it was all over. How good was it, Tone? How
0: good was oh, it? Mate. Oh, mate. You know, a lot of people said to me, do you, you want to see Dragons go bad when you leave? No way. i got all my mates there. I was absolutely shattered. Look, I was happy for James Tedesco when he scored a try, Been a good mate of mine. Yep. And it was on another good mate in Sully that, you know, we all had spent a bit of time at Tigers, mm. like most players in the competition. But, um, <laughs> but that was an unbelievable play. And I thought, game over there. I felt so sorry for the boys because it was the, probably the best performance of the year they put in.
1: Yeah.
0: And then that last minute, you know, it was, and there's a little bit of uh, speculation that Jaden Sewell was offside, but the refs didn't check it again, the bunker. So, yeah, no, it I is thought it that. Is. I
2: must have meant – Yeah, I was, I was
0: just like – Show me this try confirmed, yeah, please. Yeah, and absolutely. then it finally come up. I was just so happy for the boys.
2: And we we're saying earlier, uh, just to look in the coach's box and, and see the joy and oh. the passion in there, because you know, love my I hate him, Hook was a kind of very self-contained yeah, he gentleman. Just sit
0: up there and yeah. just drink his cokes or Coke Zero, whatever it was. And yeah, uh, it was really good to see. But if you look on the other hand, Robbo was pretty, you know, animated. It's the first time I've seen him animated, yeah. and yeah, you telling me it doesn't mean much? It was funny. They said like, I think this was Robbo's 286 game. Coached, and then you look at the other side. It's it's Ryan Carr's first game, and they're both carrying on the same way. So, um, look, I thought Robbo thought he stole the game at the end there with Tedesco. He gave a couple of little, you know, cheers, whatever it is, and yep, mate, a Couple of minutes later, come back to buy him on the backside. So, very happy for Kari. He's what sort gr- of bloke is he? Oh, he's a chair. he's very intense, yep. Um, but loves his boys, like loves the group. Um, you know, he his job when I was there was the attack, um, and he just just loves every side of it. Like he if he can get you to do 1% better of something, he'll, he'll work his backside off. And, and just the players love working for him. So um, it was a no-brainer to put him there at, at the main role. And, mate, I've known him from the Tigers days. He was in the in the reserve grade when I was at the West Tigers system. So uh, very happy for Ryan.
2: He hasn't play, didn't play, actually. No, nah, he was always so
0: close, yeah. but a couple of bad injuries. And I think he had a career-ending one at South Sydney. He that, did, yeah. yeah.
1: He, he played with the West Tigers as a halfback.
0: Hooker uh, as well, yeah. And
1: in the lower grades. And then was pinched by South to replace Chris Sandow. When Chris ah, yes. moved on from between the Between him and Renault. That's right. Between yeah. um, Ryan Carr and Adam Reynolds. And unfortunately, Ryan suffered a uh, a, a pretty serious injury.
2: Uh, well, it makes the Dragons fans walk around with uh, just everything looking well, well, a little bit shinier.
1: Tone, I had a mate text me
0: today, well, and then I spoke to him. He's one of my best mates. Uh, and he said, should I buy my grand final tickets now? <laughs> I said,
2: come on, champion. Wow. <laughs> Dragons fans, <laughs> you can't pick him." Yeah, slightly ahead of himself <laughs> there. Good, Good on time, him. Time for this. <laughs> Has got it all. All right, Doctor, Doctor, what's happening? South Sydney, now, they had that uh, loss, was a little bit unexpected. They're also going to lose some troops over mm. State of Origin. And what's on the upside?
1: Yeah, look, I can tell you this. Uh, Thomas Burgess has been missing. He was a late withdrawal last week uh, for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He's been huge, absolutely huge, both in size and in stature, as far <laughs> as performance is concerned, uh, for the Bunnies. I can tell you that it was a back problem. He received a cortisone injection halfway through last week and it has responded very well. I expect Burgess to be right in the frame for South Sydney next week. Now, that's important because, as you alluded to, Tone, they will be, we we are pretty confident of, without Cam Murray, Latrell Mitchell, Damian Cook. Uh, potentially Campbell Graham, potentially Tavita Totola. So the fact that Tom Burgess, I suspect will be right back in the frame for the Bunnies next week. And so, too, keeping an eye on Shaq Mitchell. Oh, Shaq Mitchell, uh, who who was really warming to his task. He had a great start of the yep, year. Yep, start of the year. But got hip dropped. Got hip dropped, suffered a Liz Frank foot injury, uh, has recovered and made his comeback last night in the New South Wales Cup. Shaq Mitchell will also come under consideration uh, for the South Sydney Bunny, So they, they, they're they uh, getting some troops back when they need
2: them through this origin period. Okay. Well we As we mentioned, Mitch Moses coming back from that uh, head knock, he was brilliant uh, alongside his halves partner, uh, obviously on uh, quite a slice of, of cash. That contract signed, the deal done. Finally, yeah. Delivered, yeah, yeah. finally. But is there any kind of uh, devil in the detail? Well, there is a couple of caveats. It's
1: interesting. And dare I say it, I wonder if... Mitchell Moses and the Parramatta find themselves in a situation uh, in two seasons' time because in two two years uh, there is a contract option in Mitch's favour to to test the the market once again. While the contract is obviously, um,
0: is that two years to go on his contract? That's right.
1: He in just loves
0: reading about himself in the paper, doesn't <laughs> he? Is that what it is? Ah oh, mate, he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> it's more in, money like, than sense, big
1: old Mitchy. Look. Let's let's hope the Parramatta eels are flying. Mitch is happy. There's no need for Mitch to test the market. How old's he going
4: to be in two years, though, Dave? Uh, thirty-one. Yep, thirty wow.
1: thirty-one. So, okay. um, just coming to his peak. You probably want more money from Mitch's wow. from Mitch's point point of view to put the option in his favour to potentially test the market again. Oh, but you know what? Like, the, this won't go down well with eels fans. But it's a smart move. But they've done the same thing with Dylan, Dylan Brown. He's got like a. Nine-year yeah. contract, but
0: it's got a two-year option every year. Yeah. Every two years, the
1: the current what's well, doing? It's because the current climate of quality halves on the open market. It's it's tough out there to sign a good one. So if you've got one, keep them. But the money in that almost still, any way you can keep it. But but the money they're throwing at them, they should, you know. You wouldn't want to think that you need to
4: like, get an option. You would you? have to think, though, Woodsy. Well, for for Mitch, the benefit of that is if you know, obviously looking for a premiership. If you haven't won a title in the next couple of years, three years, mm. he might be willing to make I, a. I'm just saying on the path to get success. You know, it yep. the, the doesn't like, work for the club at all. Yeah, yeah no. it puts
0: the club in every two years. They're going to be in that panic station. like you said. We're going to be speaking about up until November one. This period, are they going to? Are they going to? Or whenever their period is that they need to add that yep. contract extension. There's going to be worries about
1: it. Well, see, the only point I would say to that is, is, and I don't know if this is the case with this contract, but it it can be a sticking point for a contract not getting done. Yep. And uh, Parramatta may have had to put those options in to, to get Mitch over the line. So... Um, look, it's an interesting, it's an interesting subplot to the the contract extension of
2: Mitchell Moses. Absolutely, we spoke earlier about the importance of uh, Jake Trebovich mm. in terms of state of origin. He's got to get on the field and have a run around now that was targeted for tomorrow. Where yeah. are we at?
1: Yeah, it's, you're spot on, Tone. And look, there was a little bit of mail that that the calf wasn't progressing for Jake Trebovich like he had liked. My understanding is it has responded well. I expect him to line up tomorrow, and that is absolutely critical for both Manly and the New South Wales Blues. It's huge on both fronts. Let's hope Jake gets through unscathed, has a big game, and we see him in a sky blue jersey because, as I said earlier, the influence that he brought to the Blues camp and Blues team after being overlooked in Origin 1 last year was significant. And they need him. I see him as a spiritual leader for the New South Wales Blues. And it's good news that he has passed his fitness test he's like that on at that, that club.
0: club issue. He's like that at our club. You know, you you go into a game, you look left, and you know you've got Jakey there. There's 50 tackles made, you know, not one loss. He won't miss a tackle or a game. He, obviously, he's, he's carrying the ball. He's not as you know, strong as some other players, but Origin, you got all the back five, all those players that carry it for you. Mate, he's just stiffing up that middle. He's, he's a freak player, and, mate, he got through a captain's run today. Uh, he just needs to get through the game now. Wow.
2: Okay. He's just such a, a sweet boy as well. Oh, mate.
0: And even like when he <laughs> – I remember playing against him. Like he'd smash and he'd go, mate, you are right, big fella? Oh, yeah. <laughs> go away.
2: And everything's not. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, it's he's nice. such he,
0: – you yeah. can't hate the block. You can't yeah. say a bad word about him. He's an absolute legend.
2: Oh, sensational. That's <laughs> well, okay. That's great that he'll be running around and then hopefully gets that blue jersey as well. Uh, I've got just a few poses for you here. We've touched on this before in the show, but I don't think we've really completely knocked it on the head. Believe it or not, and this isn't my question, okay? This isn't my what I'm feeling right now. Believe it or not, Jason Riles is not the man for the dragons at the moment.
0: I don't believe it. I reckon he is. You know, Jason Riles was my favourite player too. growing up. Yeah, I was a huge Jason Riles fan. Um... Not that that's got anything to do with it, but look, honestly, <laughs> I think it'll be good, you know, local boy come back there. I think he still lives in Wollongong. Does. Um, he's a huge fan of the club. But I just think he's got to surround the right people around himself. He can't just get, you know, a couple of young assistants. I reckon he's got to get an old assistant and a young one and then just get, the, you know, a bit like what Steve's has done at Manly, getting Flaneau and Jim Dink, blokes that have been around, they know how to handle different situations because I don't know if Rolls has actually head coached a side before because it's a roller coaster, there's so many ups and downs and if you can get an old head and a young head to lean on is going to give you different ideas. So I think,
1: yeah, I don't believe it, Tone.
2: Okay. Believe it or not. Uh, well, Jason Riles I, is not the man for the Dragons. It's yeah, the I believe men. that.
1: And, and, and it's not Jason Riles, it's Saints. Saints need um, leadership. They need experience uh, for this current job. Uh, they Didn't they just have experience?
2: Didn't they just say goodbye to him?
1: Uh, okay, okay. I don't like the tone of this question, Tony, because it's it's not directed... Come on, come on doctor. It's, it's not, just a simple question. It's not directed at the issue with the Dragons at the moment. They need... We've went through it. They need a management overhaul. But is he the right coach right. for the job? Yeah, they get, yeah. Shane, they okay. get Shane Richardson. Okay, in. let me let me flip that. Yes, he's the right man so for the at job. At the moment, if, it, if, if they get Richo. If they get quality leadership and management structure in the footy department... A GM of football, a head of recruitment, support for a rookie coach to do this job. Mm-hmm. Right now, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be walking into that job under the current structure.
2: Mm, okay, Ryan Girdler, Jason Rolls is not the man for the Dragons at the moment.
4: Yeah, I'd agree with that. All of what Dave said there, and potentially um, you know, like a Melbourne job or something that an organisation is just a little bit. Um, more organised for a rookie coach to take over. I, I believe he's probably the next guy to do that, but I don't think he's got the support that he needs at the Dragons. And if I was Jace, I'd be, um, yeah, I'd just be a little bit more patient. Naysayers, I tell you. It's, it's going to work. They're everywhere, It's going to
2: work. Don't hate. Don't hate. <gasps> don't hate. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, New South Wales being the bookies favourite in game one is absurd, Ryan Girdler.
4: Are they the favourite? No, yeah, They're well, it wouldn't be Origin favorite. without New South Wales Correct. being favourite, regardless of who takes the field. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I believe it. I believe, what was the question? No, I don't believe it. It's normal. <laughs> we're used to it. We love it. We love being. Think, but do you think they should be favourites? Billy wants to be favourites. He said it last year. He said we're not the underdogs. We want to shake that. We're the favourites. But yeah, they never will be. We are. That's
1: ridiculous. And then what do you think? Uh, there's no way in the world the New South Wales Blues should be favourites. The depth that the Queensland Maroons have this series is extraordinary. The Queensland B team would be a special side, and it, it would include the wow, likes of. This is hurt wow. sitting next to you. Right <laughs> now. It, 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 it includes the likes of Reece Walsh and Tom Dearden and Mo Fatawaika, um, uh, uh, trying to. Stop it, it, <laughs> it must be a, it, no, a real great depth side if <laughs> you can't get the names out. <laughs> Come on, you got Reed three. <laughs> Reed Marnie, Philip Sami, um, <laughs> come on, Doctor. Yeah, there you Here go. go There's seven. There's seven <laughs> Tom players. Tom There will be players in this Queensland squad that will be left out that will shock a lot of footy fans.
4: Okay. What about you? But that adds a little bit of pressure too. Exactly. Because the depth of the talent pool in New South no Wales, problems. it's always as soon as you know you lose a game, it's like, oh, you picked the wrong person. Whereas Queensland. You know, they, they, they always know who their side, what it's going to look like. Yep. Mm. Um, so maybe that adds a little bit of pressure. What do you think, Woodsy?
0: Yeah, I, I think we should be favourites. We've got the likes of Cleary, Tedesco, you know, Latrell Mitchell. They haven't got those type of players. Mm. And then that we can – remember last time when Latrell Mitchell played and Turbo was the centres? I think we put 50 on them. Yep. I'm excited. I reckon this is going to be a 3-0 New South Wales. Oh! oh!
2: There it is, ladies I and gentlemen. I can't stand Queensland. <laughs> oh, no,
0: really? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Bruce. You think Moon. it'll be a whitewash? <laughs> yep. A blue wash. I just can't wait to see the smile rubbed off their face.
2: All right. Believe it or not, the on-field referee should have the final say on decisions. Now, this happened the other night. Reese Walsh leapt into the air. Uh, was he obstructing or was he, in fact, have, having eyes for the ball? The referee went to the bunker and said, I don't like the look of it."
0: We've got 4,000 cameras at the moment. I can see it sitting on the couch at home, and the ref in the bunker can't even get it right. He has to get the, I think, Adam G. being who we were talking about last yep. week. Yes, yes. Had to remind... I think it was actually Klein in the box that he's actually touched it before anything. And oh, sorry, he went up, not even trying to catch the ball, taking the player out. I don't get what they're watching.
2: Yeah, but but that's the right decision. So is that not why is there a problem with the referee saying that? To well, the what are we paying the, these blokes the, the bunker for? Exactly. Get, get it right. Get, get the decision right. Same as right a Scott,
0: Scott Sorensen double movement. How's uh, not double the knock on? That wasn't a knock on. Yeah, but you've thrown a bung pass in your life too. People make mistakes. You can't expect
4: just because yeah, the machinery Yeah, but when you pay there, huge
0: money to get it right, so and are you? Sitting in the bo- yeah, but they're sitting in the box, mate. They've got 4,000
4: carries. as long as this thing doesn't happen on a weekly basis, I think we just cop that one and move on. Oh, what, the, the, right.
0: what if Jaden Sewer got no tried last night yeah, and I you know. come in here with no I points? I, I understand that, but I like... What were they looking so, so, for? They were trying so hard. Like, what you were you, they looking for?
2: The referee on the field. But, Why can't
0: they he have the But they couldn't get Jaden Sewer five metres
1: in front of the kicker. Yeah,
0: well, that's the... that's the
2: bunker. What's the job they doing?
1: You are... Clearly you just want to get rid of the bunker. No I don't. Well
2: you might he likes it. No, he he likes, likes it like the NFL you could go, he can have a look at the big screen they do it in the, in rugby as well they have a the referee who is in so control of the game can go ah uh, you know what yeah, But you know that right. in the Premier League
4: they run across yeah. and have a look at the monitor. The, yeah, the best do thing it. for
0: us is they're mic'd up and we get to hear what they say. It's when crazy. my my jaw almost hit the ground when he said oh there's no he's going to catch a ball. He wasn't even looking at the ball tone.
2: <laughs> we well, we have to wrap it up for uh, commercial reasons. I'm footy lives on listener thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water.